listening to the podcast of Village Church in Burbank, California. To learn more about Village Church, visit our website at villagechurchburbank.org. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning. It is so great to be here with you. I am super excited to be able to share with you this morning. And in case you don't know, as a, also as a pastoral counselor, I'm a therapist, and I've been a therapist for a long time. And being a therapist, one of the most exciting things I get to do is continuing education. And I'm actually very serious about that. I absolutely love the continuing education part of my career. Every year, I need to do about 20 hours worth of reading and lectures and studies and classes. And in about 2019, I had the opportunity to take a few classes on what has been called the epidemic of loneliness. You may have heard about this, you may not have. It's something that is truly worldwide at this point. And this is a class where myself and other therapists, we got together, we went through the material, and we also became very mindful of how we can come alongside and approach people who are experiencing loneliness right now in our day in our world. And many of you might think that this is not a world that should be experiencing loneliness because we are the most connected we have ever been. Well, at least that's what we think that we're the most connected. Since the invention of the internet, and especially social media, people seem more connected than ever. As we entered lockdown in 2020, social media truly did seem like the only way to connect. Kids went to school online, they played video games and chatted with their friends. Before we would tell our kids you could have so many minutes or hours a day of screen time, and then it became you can be on all day long. I just want you to do what? connect with other people. That became such an important thing. And even for us, people like me in my profession, we hurriedly scurried and did what we could to adjust, to be able to meet people where they were at, connect with them, and continue to attune with them in a place that allowed us to maintain distance but stay connected. It became this thing that we didn't even realize was happening. And so we have this belief that we are connected. But the question is, are we really? In 2018, Cigna, one of the largest health insurance companies in our country, did a study on the epidemic of loneliness. In 2019, their results showed that 61% of Americans felt lonely compared to 54% in 2018. The chief medical officer for behavioral health in Cigna, Douglas Nemesek, stated, loneliness has the same impact on mortality that smoking 15 cigarettes a day, making it even more dangerous than obesity. We saw stark rises in loneliness, anxiety, and depression through almost two years of being in lockdown. Harvard published a study in February of 2021 on loneliness and found that 36% of young adults, that's 36% of young adults ages 18 to 25, experience what they call, quote, severe loneliness. I want you to look to the person to your left, just take a moment, look to the person to your left, and then look to the person to your right, I'm doing it opposite of you. <laughs> And imagine that you are 21 right now, and the person on your left is 19, and the person on your right is 22. Here is the reality. 
One out of three of you is experiencing serious loneliness right now, according to the study. About half of the lonely young adults in Cigna survey reported that in the last few weeks, they have not had anybody come up to them that has genuinely asked them how they are doing in a way that they felt cared for. When you walked into service today and you asked somebody, hey, how's it going this morning? Did you genuinely, seriously care about that answer? Or was it simply a platitude? I don't know about you, but I, I can remember being in my 20s. But I don't remember being that seriously lonely. The Harvard study goes on to state that 51% of young moms also experience this level of loneliness. Now, if we take the same example and you look to the person on your left, what that means is that you or that person is experiencing serious loneliness and all the while while caring for young children or a child. That is a huge number if you think about that. Here's the reality. It actually got worse. As we went through 2020, 43% of young adults reported 43% of young adults reported an increase in loneliness after 2020 than they did beforehand. So this isn't something that is any time going away. This is something that we're continuing to move forward with as we move forward in life. When we think about loneliness, we think about it in terms of being alone, meaning I don't have anybody around me. Yet the terms go deeper in that these studies point to people who are experiencing loneliness at work, at home, at church, and in really any and all social situations. What that teaches us is that people are truly connecting less in every aspect of their lives. The facade of being connected, especially through social media, is really just that. It is just a facade. We are a nation that is truly disconnected. We are a people that is dying from the inside out. We became aware of how desperate this connection and contact with others is in 1989 when the journalism show 2020 did a report on the tragic reality of the state orphanages in Romania. Babies who were taking bottles at ages when they needed to be using a fork and a spoon were trapped in cribs and going hours without any kind of physical human contact. Professionals from every discipline sought to understand the grievous impact that this has, was, and is continuing to have on the estimated 500,000 people who went through and or survived the Romanian orphanages. Betty Daly, in her article, Can Love Be Deadly, summed it up well when she said, most of these deaths were not due to starvation or disease, but to severe emotional sensorial deprivation. In other words, a lack of love. These babies were fed and medically treated, but they were absolutely deprived of important stimulation especially touch and affection. In the movie Castaway, Tom Hanks gave us just a small glimpse of this emotionally chilling example of what it would be like to be deeply, 
and emotionally disconnected. Hanks, who played Chuck Nolan, has an amazing life. He has a great job. He has a wonderful girlfriend. And about throughout his career, he would do a lot of different traveling. And he ended up getting into a plane crash. And in that plane crash, ended up being stranded on an island for four years. During that time, a volleyball washed up into shore and became his closest friend. And you may remember this in the movie. He named his friend Wilson. It wasn't long before Wilson had hair and a face and became very human in the characteristics that he portrayed. One day, Nolan made a decision and he built a raft and he decided he wanted to head back out into civilization. As he did that, something drastic changed. Nolan will risk his life for Wilson. Wilson, where are you? Wilson! and torment of losing Wilson really hits us all. But why? Why would that scene hit us? Why would a volleyball floating away in the ocean make such an emotional impact in us? It's because we were not meant to live life alone. Now the Lord our God said, it is not good, beneficial for man to be alone. I will make him a helper one who balances him, a counterpart who is sustainable and complementary for him. Imagine the moment that God looks over all creation and he says, this is good. And then he looks at man and he says, this is not good. 
So let's just break that down for a second. God looks over all the sea and the land, and he says, this is good. And then he looks at the fruits and the plants, and he says, this is good as well. And then he looks up at the sky and the sun and the stars and with a smile on his face, and he's like, this is good. And then he looks out of all the animals over the land, the sky, and the sea, and he says, wow, this is good as well. But then he looks at man, hmm, and he goes, man is alone. That's not good. Wow. What a powerful realization and statement about how the Lord designed us to be in relationship and connection with others. It is easy to take Webster's definition of being alone, meaning having no one present or being isolated, and think that Adam truly wasn't alone. I mean, most of us have really read through Genesis, right? Or we, at least we've heard about it. And we know that um, Adam walked with God and he talked with him and he had the animals as companionship. But yet somewhere along the line, that changed. And God was able to say, it's not good for man to be alone. So there must be something about being alone that is more important. There must be something in that that is so profound than just being by myself. And meaning it doesn't matter who is or isn't always around me. There's something about just that essence of being on my own, lonely, that is so profound that we need to be able to pay attention to. Now, right here, I just want to take a little quick of a side note and just just say there's so much in this verse in Genesis that we could divulge into. There's so much that we could really, truly unpack. But for today, I just really want to focus right now on the realization, the statement from the Lord that he said that man is not alone and that that is not good. One of the things I did as I was going through and preparing for today is I read through a lot of different commentaries. And one commentary noted when God had mentioned it is not good for man to be alone, that what he meant is man is incomplete. What does that mean? Man is incomplete. It means that there's more than just me. It means out of all of this, what we lack is community. When we look at the reality of loneliness in our society today, we see that the connection found in community and friendship is low. C.S. Lewis in his book, The Four Loves, commented, friendship is born the moment when one man says to another, what, you too? I thought it was just me. Friendship then is the beginning of community. Being able to have that relationship with others, and this isn't just something that's small and and, and surfacy. This is we are getting to know each other. There's a give and take in this relationship. That is where community is going to be born. We will often hear others talk about friendship, living life together, you know, family when friends become family having a tribe, my people. We hear all these things, but what does all this have in common? What are people truly saying? They're telling us that there's an emotional connection that has been made with one or more people. And to have a tribe or a family means that we care about each other. It means that we're willing to come together often. We are willing to share each other's burdens. We will seek each other out. We belong. We are seen, we are wanted, 
we are loved. No one likes walking into a party or church or school or work or really anywhere and feeling alone. The belief that I am wanted, I'm valued, I matter is as important as breathing. In fact, many of the people that I've talked with throughout my profession will actually say that this is exactly what it feels like. It is normal to have a physical feeling of not being connected to others. And what that looks like and feels like is like my body is holding the oxygen. My body tenses up and my mind slows down because oxygen starts to slow down and not reach everywhere it needs to be able to reach. My thoughts get blurry. My mind starts to go in different directions. And it's very easy for anxiety and fear to begin to overtake me. So take a moment right here, and I want you to think back through your own life and your own relationships for a minute. Can you recall a time where you felt this level of loneliness? Can you recall a time when you felt connected? The difference is often not that we cannot recall these memories, but that memories of loneliness are typically greater than memories of connection. When that happens, it is hard for us to stay focused on what is true, and we tend to move into a community that is not good for us, a community with the wrong people, because community, at least some community, some connection, is better than none. This is where social media has become our go-to solution. The power of others being interested in our lives is incredible, and we are easily drawn into it. We need it because we are missing something that we were created to have. Being in a good relationship with others and being connected is so deeply wired into our DNA that we will always choose the wrong people for some connection. We lack community. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 11 states, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and not have anybody to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? People need people. We are not meant to live life alone. King Solomon, when he wrote this verse, clearly understood the impact and the need for this kind of connection in our lives. Another example, let's talk about Hagar. Hagar, we can find her in Genesis. She's about halfway through the book. If you want to read more, you can go through Genesis 16 through 21. Hagar is Sarai's slave, Sarai being Abraham's wife. And in the impatience and frustration of Sarai and Abraham to have their own child, Abraham and Hagar had a child themselves. It did not take long for this solution to become part of a problem. It's important to be able to remember that sometimes we make the wrong decisions based out of things that are not actually deep-rooted in us. Hagar had an experience with God earlier in Genesis in chapter 16, and through that experience, she called him El Roy, the God who sees. What a powerful description for our God, that when we're feeling lonely and we're not sure which way to turn, that he truly does see us. 
By Genesis 21, Hagar and Ishmael had been cast out. They did not belong. They were rejected. They were not wanted. They didn't have a family, you know, friends who become family or a tribe or community. They didn't have people they were doing life with. They were truly out in their own. And in that moment, Hagar forgot the God who sees her. It's as if she believed that death was so imminent that she couldn't even look at her son and she closed her eyes to him. She could not bear the thought of watching him die. But God, God showed up. God heard Ishmael's cries and he sent angels out to them out of his great love and compassion for people who were deeply, deeply lonely. And God sees your loneliness as well. The idea that what we feel is reality can be interrupted by the truth of how God's love can break through our loneliness. No matter how I feel and no matter how strongly those feelings are, God wants to break through and love us right where we are at. The psalmist in chapter 34, verse 18 says that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. The Lord wants to reach through our loneliness, our despair, our anxiety, and our depression. Too often we expect that the Lord is going to treat us and react to us the way that others do. But the reality is, even if I've been rejected by others, even when I am unwanted by others, that doesn't mean that that's how the Lord is going to react and treat us as well. The psalmist says he is close to us. He's close to the brokenhearted. Emotions have a way of creating the invisible barrier between me and anything or anyone else. No matter how thick these feelings are, God is close. It feels like when all this is overwhelming me that there's this huge barrier between me and the Lord, and oftentimes people will say he seems so distant, so far away. But the reality is he is right near me. That distance is often all that stuff that's going on inside of me at that time that I may even be, be having a hard time putting words and thoughts to. While I push others away out of my fear and loneliness, God will pursue me. He will pursue all of us. He will not stop pursuing us, especially when we are brokenhearted. As a child, one of my favorite songs in Sunday school was the song Deep and Wide. Maybe some of you remember this. Deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I'm not a musician, so I appreciate that. <laughs> I love this song so much because it reminds me of Ephesians 3, 18 through 19, which tells us that God's love is so deep and so wide, it surpasses all knowledge. I would even say it surpasses all emotion. We cannot help to move out of loneliness without this truth being rooted in us. Let me say that again. We cannot help but to move out of loneliness when we allow the truth that God's love is deep and wide to be deeply rooted all the way to the core of who we are. Realizing, accepting, and allowing this truth 
to sink deep in us is the first step. As we discussed earlier, we need community, but just not any kind of community. We need people in our lives that'll point us to Jesus. We need people to love us well. We need to experience this firsthand. We need to treat others the way we need them to also treat us. Back in Genesis 2, there's a realization of this when God recognized it's not good for man to be alone. Throughout scripture, we see examples of God's love in people, with people, and in community. However, most of the time, people turn away from this, and they walk towards the ugly and the bad, and they reject the good that God wants for them. The author in Hebrews gives us clear encouragement when he says, and let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as we see the day approaching. Be encouraged. Meet together. Make this a habit. There are so many ways that we could battle loneliness on our own. But as we can see in this conversation we've been having this morning, God wants to break through the wildfire that is tearing through our world and truly see us and love us with his unconditional love by encouraging us to not give up meeting and being in community with other people. So it's time for a little self-reflection. How are you doing? Are you in community? Are you inviting others into the community that you may be a part of? Or, out of safety and comfort, are you staying on your own? Or are you staying connected with with only a few group of people? For us to love well, we need to be a part of God's solution to loneliness. We need to be able to get outside of our comfort zone and seek people out. There's a story of a man who was walking along the beach one day and he saw a starfish and he gently picked it up out of the sand in the sun and tossed it back out into the sea. And he walked along a little further and then he saw another one and again he gently picked it up and tossed it back out into the sea. And he kept seeing them as he kept walking, and he kept picking them up and tossing them back out into the sea. And then all of a sudden, a stranger came up to him, and he saw him, and he looked at him, and he goes, there is no way you could save all of them. And the man, hearing this, went over, saw another starfish, scooped it up, tossed it back out into the sea, and said, but I saved that one. Let's take our cue from the Lord and love beyond loneliness. Let's practice seeing others, loving them, showing them that they belong, making them feel wanted and invite them into community. Let us, Village Church, show those who are struggling with loneliness to know that God's love is truly deep and wide. 
A while back, we received emails from Pastor Ryan talking about small groups, and this is really exciting. I'm really excited about the small groups and, and those communities that we're going to be creating here at the church. And the good news is, is that our first semester of small groups is going to be launching after Labor Day. There's going to be a ton of info coming out in August, and I really encourage you that if you're not a part of a small group or you want to get connected, and even if you want to start something, talk to Pastor Ryan and look for more information that's going to be coming out in August. Let me pray. Lord God, Elroy, the God who sees us, thank you, Lord, that we can be confident in that you, oh Lord, are, you love us, you see us, and you desire to break through the loneliness that we may be feeling. Father, give us the strength to love and see and move towards others as you, our Heavenly Father, moves towards us. In your most holy name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. To learn more about Village Church, visit our website at villagechurchburbank.org.